This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Are you feeling stuck, unfulfilled, or even the slightest burned out? Well, I've got a special free online summit on how to extinguish your burnout by reigniting your purpose. Psychologist Melissa Wolf and 20 experts, including myself, are offering you 30-minute videos with our top strategies, methods, and tons of free gifts to help you better manage your stress and light your fire. The summit starts February 3rd, so make sure you sign up for this free training now. Just go to lightyourfiresummit.com. Meet Noah Levy, a branding expert and content producer with a decade of experience in television, publishing, online, and live events, including previously hosting a show on VH1. Yet something you might not notice behind his energy and success? A battle with anxiety. Coming up, you'll hear from Noah on why a breakup with an addict after six years changed everything. Managing panic attacks and anxiety while on live TV. Mind over matter and observing your own thoughts. About loneliness, sadness, and how closure is something you give yourself and is not given by others. And an intuitive reading inspires cultivating strength inside and out instead of running around a tree. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Noah, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. I've been eagerly waiting this this session since we last met and had coffee. I think I, I ate a salad with you. Yes. Yes. At Whole Foods. Yeah, at Whole Foods, our Whole Foods meeting. Yes. <laughs> so I'd like to dive just right in. Okay. Can you tell us the first moment when you realized that there was... A spiritual world out there. Maybe it's intuition for you. Maybe it's some otherworldly experience. What was the first moment where you realized, oh, this is this is interesting? Oh, that's a good question. Um, do you know what? Okay, this is probably the worst answer to share, but I'll share it. So, as a kid, I was obsessed with television, and I never wanted to leave the house. My parents were always upset with me because I didn't play outside. And I just wanted to, you know, I grew up in a small town in Brunswick, Maine, gay, kind of awkward, didn't fit in. And I found my my life from watching MTV. I was like, this is a world I want to go to. I also found my life from watching talk shows and infomercials. And some of my favorite infomercials and commercials in this time, which was the early 90s, were for um, psychic hotlines. I now, remember those. Yes. <laughs> so the Dion Warwick psychic hotline and the Latoya Jackson psychic hotline. And I used to um, stay home sick from school and call the 1-900 numbers to talk to the psychics, which I'm assuming they weren't psychic or intuitive. They were 
people needing an income and willing to say that they were psychics. So at that point in time, did they give me any interesting information? No, but it made me very aware that people were supposed to have the ability to discuss things that really weren't shared in mainstream media. In mainstream media, in mainstream media, you're not talking about um, spirituality or until recently, and you're not talking about other realms and possibilities. And from there, as I grew up and also had um, the ability to distinguish between what's real and what's a 1-900 psychic hotline, um, (laughs) (laughs) I started to um, make friends with people that were intuitives and they were able to share their skill set with me. And it really opened my eyes to um, this whole other world that exists. Um, I think what really changed my life was uh, finding out about Louise Hay. And since my mind had already been open previously to um, uh, metaphysical science and manifestation, I was really ready for her book. And a friend of mine suggested that I read You Can Heal, you Can Heal Your Life. And I was a freshman. I was a sophomore at NYU. And I would listen to her um, audio tapes. There were tapes at that point at night as well. And I would do, I'd listen to my guided imagery. I'd wake up in the morning, do my affirmations. And I read that book over and over again. How did that book impact your life? And that's really interesting because you you first found out about her when you were in college, which is sort of an impressionable time. Right. Um, how did that impact my life? Um Well, I probably, like most people, think about myself too much. And I'm a repetitive thinker. I'm very judgmental. And I ruminate. And so much of Louise's work focuses on changing your thoughts to change your reality. And I do believe in that. I do believe if you are criticizing yourself all day long and replaying negative conversations you've had with other people all day long, you're going to have a crappy day. So um, by really focusing on what my thoughts were, I started to experience the outside world differently. And also what she taught me is the power of compassion. And not that's not only compassion for other people, but it was also really compassion for myself. To not be so hard on myself, which is, I think, a, a, you know, I'm I'm obviously not a college student anymore, but it's still something that I am challenged with and work on, and I still follow her work and listen to her advice. I commend you for for really a lot of deep work oh. and starting at a, a fairly young age. Yeah, I would think. Um, I sort of wish that I had known about all this earlier mm-hmm. and, and who knows, my path might've been different or it could have been, you know, exactly as it should be right. right now. How did you learn to have compassion for yourself? I, I just want to dig a little deeper there because mm, right. 
it's it's something that you know if someone says to me oh just you know let it go or have have more compassion or forgive yourself it's like okay sure but how do you really do that can you share maybe an example or like how was that uh, shift for you well by no means i don't want my answer to anyway indicate that i've tackled this because it's something that i deal with all the time um by spending the time to work on understanding why you do the things you do it gives you a greater knowledge um if you fail or if you have a negative outcome to understand and to be a little bit kinder on yourself one thing that i learned um i remember and maybe it was louise hay or someone else said this but if you have an enemy or someone that you really hate, a great way to work through it is to picture them as a baby or a child. Which is probably the last thing you want to do when you're really angry or feeling the need for revenge. Um, and I try to do that on with myself. To understand, I mean, there was, I guess this was so big in maybe 70s or 80s, but your inner child and doing inner child work. But I do think that exists. I do think that we carry around the trauma and um, the challenges that we experience as young children. And our ego and our inner criticism is really coming from that place of a child who is not able to view it from a, a Google Earth perspective. They're really in it in that moment. So I try to view myself as Noah when he was, you know, five to 10. And he was a great kid. He wasn't screwed up and i try to i try to do the same thing now when i'm really annoyed with someone or if i'm holding on grudges i did it i did it yesterday actually someone really can i say can i say someone pissed me off someone really pissed me off yesterday um it was via text which is the worst because it also mm -hmm. loses loses tone mm -hmm. and i felt like a pit in my stomach and I was, my ego was bruised and my feelings were hurt and I didn't respond. And I also tried to view the reason why he said that. And I feel like he said that I don't think he's very happy. This person's very happy in their life right now for various reasons. We all go through that. And I don't think that he said those hurtful things to me because he's a bad person. I think he's just maybe not in a great place. And I really had to take that with me for a few hours. So I didn't let um, the anger take me over. Because the last thing I want to do is to have someone see me sweat or cry. <laughs> I didn't, even if it's via text. <laughs> so I really had to think about it. Like, what is going on here? Hmm. What is the, and I did realize there was a deeper lesson from my um, exchange with him which I would be too personal to share, but it's not that juicy. But um, I did try to understand who this person is and what their motivation was. There's this um, tactic which they teach in like in AA or Al-Anon or like Debtors Anonymous, all those things. And it's to um, pause or halt. I think it's pause. I don't remember what it stands for, but <laughs> basically 
to really be able to pull yourself out of the situation. And this works so well with email or a text exchange to give yourself that five minute break because five minutes will really prevent you from making a complete ass of yourself and reacting out of fear. Because when we react out of fear, it's usually regrettable. I like that because really, I think it's the hardest part to first step back where we go into our normal react, react. Let me just immediately, you know, you can imagine just like punching in the keys or, or, you know, on your phone, writing something back and no, actually pause doesn't matter whether you remember what it stands for or not but it's it's i remember halt stands for hungry angry lonely or tired oh that's a good one that's good so when you halt you're really supposed to stop yourself from reacting and you need to check yourself am i hungry mm. am i angry am i lonely or am i tired how can i solve one of those issues before um i react so strongly pause i don't remember what that stands for it doesn't matter hmm Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Most of the time I'm hungry. We, we never think about lonely though. Well, lonely is a hard one because mm. it's hard to admit. And then also I've thought about that. Well, then how do you fix it? And I, I think the best thing you can always do is to reach out and never isolate. The easiest thing to do is to isolate when you're upset or um, depressed. It'll only make it worse. So I guess to, even if you're, in the middle of the woods somewhere, you can always text or call someone to reach out. That's a that's a great way to solve the lonely thing temporarily. Mm. You had mentioned um, during our chat before oh, yeah. that you were in TV. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know too much about what goes on in yeah. the creation of TV. Yeah. I can imagine it's very fast-paced, external, right. lots going on, maybe superficial. Uh-huh. What was that experience like? Um, and, yeah. and and can you kind of explain maybe some of the, the highs and lows for you? Yeah. Well, I um, my background is I, um, for some of my career, I was an editor at a magazine for about six or seven years. When I was there, um, I did... Uh, interviews on a whole slew of of TV programs from Good Morning Good Morning America to CNN to Chelsea Handler, Wendy Williams, um, which were all great experiences. And that led to me um, co-hosting a morning talk show on VH1 for two and a half years. And it was a morning talk show. And um, I loved it because I'm, um, I'm trying to think of what the, it's such a cliche now. I'm at I mean, am I an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert where I'm normally pretty quiet and shy, but if the lights go on, I can, I'm great at performing for 15 minutes. Like I'm, I'm a really good performer for 15 minutes. That's mm-hmm. why I'm great in a job interview. Maybe people would be disappointed because I may not shine <laughs> as bright after the interview, after but I'm really minutes. good in that moment. So I loved turning it on. It was a great way, um... I think for me, I got a lot um, of validation from doing it. Uh, the downside is, God, I think there's just a lot of ego involved and it's very competitive. Um, 
and I I don't know. I think with TV, you're always worried. It's like being an actor. Like you're always worried about your next job where the next thing is going to happen. Is this going to get canceled? Is the pilot going to get picked up? So for me at that time, I didn't really have the skill set to push those negative thoughts away. Um, I did really enjoy doing the TV show, but I did. um, I I wasn't very skilled with pushing my negative thoughts away about like what's coming next and do enough people like me. Um, I want more. I want more. So I think if I was to ever go back and go into that career again, I would really have to check myself and, um, and really make sure um, I wasn't in that, like my, my old therapist used to say in that compare and despair phase where I'm comparing myself to, well, this person got this job and this person's doing this. That Why am I not? Why am I not getting enough? Does that come with anything, though? Like, in the yeah. world of branding, marketing, too, it's very much... Yeah. I just think that um, industry brought it out in me, where I, it didn't mm. bring it out, where it has been brought out in other areas. Because for this, I was the product... Um, so I think it's I I just don't think I developed the skill set to enjoy it more and allow things to just unflow unfold organically. Do you find it easier when you are marketing or branding someone else then versus yourself? Yes. Yeah, because what we all need is a mirror. Um I think I'm a I'm skilled at marketing and branding because I'm able to view a situation or a person um, as their mirror. Like I can kind of let them know what's not going to work and and be in their best interest. When I'm involved in marketing myself, um, I can't really detach from my ego. And it does definitely help when you have – a great support system and a great tribe that always helps. But if you're immature and insecure, it's really hard to enjoy the ride. Coming up, imagine you're having a panic attack right when you're about to go on live TV. Is mind over matter enough to get through that moment? Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Hey, everybody. This is Vikram Iyer with the American Enough Podcast. And just wanted to thank all of you for listening and tuning in week after week. And this has been an incredible journey and examination of who America really is against the the headwinds of our modern times. If you are interested in the perspectives of mayors and how the identity of their cities is changing America's fabric or how our foreign policy is changing the way that CIA agents do their business or even how those brave enough to come forward and and stake a claim in the Time's Up or the Me Too movement, how their identities have have been changed by speaking out so publicly, Uh, or even if you're just interested in how Netflix documentarians are viewing the world and using 
using satire and entertainment to cope with our current times. There is something for everybody across this channel, and uh, we hope that you continue to subscribe and like wherever you pod. American Enough can be found on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Um, and if you have any feedback or would like to, or have any ideas for more great show, um, you know, never hesitate to, to email Vikram at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com or tweet at us at our uh, at Vikram Iyer on Twitter. And uh, please keep spreading the word. This is not over anytime soon. Noah, thank you so much for for being so open. Oh. And I'm gonna I'm gonna push it a little bit more oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> and and can you share one of the, the toughest emotional moments you've had yeah that you've had to use those tools or maybe you didn't have those tools yet but can you describe what happened and how you came to the other side of it yeah i mean i don't know if this was i guess your saturn return is when you're 27 or something i don't know so i i feel like i had a delayed saturn return when i turned 30 and um i'd been in a relationship with someone for a little over six years unfortunately they were an addict and um, they there were a multitude, multitude of other issues as well. And um, one day, I think the universe really intervened because this relationship was not going to work out for either of us. Uh, this person that I was with just kind of left. They went on a, you know, without sharing too much, they, I think, went on a trip and then literally never came back. So they left their – we shared an apartment together. So they left their their dog, their clothing, their furniture, and this whole life that we had shared together for six years. And I just kind of broke down because I it's it was very shocking. No, 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 nothing? Like um, There were a few email exchanges, but not – there was really not an answer. Mm. There was no answer. Mm. And there was definitely never any closure. Mm. Um, let's talk about closure later because that's a good topic yeah. to discuss. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I I got an offer to co-host a TV show, which is something I'd always wanted to do. And I'd really kind of hustled through my 20s to make sure that I had, had enough contacts to develop that that reel and my skill set and I was so excited about it but I was like oh crap like I'm really not at my best right now I could barely eat I was chain smoking and I started to experience really bad anxiety attacks like I don't know if there's a Richter scale for anxiety attacks but they were really they were really scary they're scary yeah totally they're like a heart attack they are. don't really know the difference oh yeah I remember I had one that was so bad. I went to my doctor, my general practitioner in New York, and I was like, can I just like lay down here for an hour? I just need to like lay down. And she's like, okay, but then what are you going to do after that? And I said, I have to go to entertainment tonight after this and do an interview about the Kardashians, but I can't oh my God. go there. I just, can I please just lay down? And she's like, okay, all right. And that was very much the case. Like, I really didn't want to sh- – I didn't want to lose my opportunity, and I definitely didn't want anyone to view me as crazy or mentally ill, so I didn't share this. But thankfully, I I, I didn't have a panic attack on air. I was close. 
but um, it was really mind over matter. Like, how can I try to control my thoughts enough for eight minutes before we go to commercial break? So um, I think for some reason, the universe provided this opportunity where it's like the worst thing in the world happens. And then this this career high. And. um, Yeah, I mean, that's that was rough. That was definitely my my darkest moment. And therapy helped. um, Really being honest. uh, I would say not drinking was great. I mean, I did. I never I made a rule because I knew how nuts I felt never to drink at home alone. Mm. I didn't do drugs. That was fine. But they didn't want to create any crutch. So, um, and I really focused on um, sharing as much as I could with other people because I couldn't share it with with this person. Hmm. And I realized that closure, you don't really get closure from someone else, unfortunately. We think that someone telling us goodbye or writing us a letter or doing something will provide us with closure. But closure is really uh, a feeling. It's actually an illusion that we're able to get on our own through time and maturity, I guess, which sucks. (laughs) It does the worst. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. Oh, thank you. Because we can... We can want closure for any number of things. Mm -hmm. And we'll never get it from a boss or partner, parent. No. A cat. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't get it. Um, You really have to. For a situation like that, like that. I don't want to make it sound like I got over that overnight because I did not. Um, there were certain strategies and skills that I learned to help myself um, get through the day. Like, how can I just be presentable today? Hmm. Um, but the closure comes over time. And... Um, and you just really have to replace you are, I mean, I didn't do it at the time, but the best thing you can do in moments like that is not to isolate mm-hmm. and to surround yourself with people. And there's a saying that someone told me, which is uh, rejection is God's protection. And I knew if I was to be with, I mean, this, per- I was not going to let go of this person at all. It was a completely not bad codependent relationship and I was never going to let go. So he really had to bounce on his body. <laughs> I was never going to. You weren't going to get him yeah, out nope. either. Mm-mm. Nope. So, and that was really, I mean, that was beneficial for me because who knows what would have happened. And then also, you know, I, um, oftentimes when people are in codependent relationships, they keep a lot of secrets due to shame. And so finally, when this person left, I just decided to share everything with my friends and family and all the things I'd been hiding about, you know, the troubles that they had experienced. And that was very healing and maturing as well. And I would never make that mistake again. Wow. 
So it opened up this, it's almost like a flower blooming. Yeah. Well, you have to do, when you fall that hard, I mean, some people go back again and again, but mm-hmm. when, when I fell that hard, I, I was like, I cannot do that game again. And I've gotten close, but then I, you really have to look out for the signs. Noah, you had mentioned before when you were kind of gearing up for live TV after going through this, that mind over matter was important. Can you share how that happened? Were you pushing through the anxiety? Did you have any strategies that helped you embrace it? Yeah. I think there it's twofold. There's the the coping mechanism to um to not appear crazy in the midst of a panic attack. That's my interpretation. Um I'm not saying people with anxiety are crazy, but I didn't want to look crazy. Um which I would have. Um and then the other side is how do I manage anxiety for the rest of my life? So first part is you know, when I was doing live TV and I was about to have an anxiety attack, what helped, which a lot of people may not have access to, is the extreme adrenaline rush of being terrified of looking nuts on live TV. And somehow that adrenaline almost like pushed the anxiety aside. And I was able to manage. I mean, I may have been like sweating and had a, a hit in my stomach, but I was able to manage complete sentences and sounded normal afterwards i was drained and exhausted because it's really exhausting um then the other part is before you go into the other part does that mean that you focused on something else like the the thought of someone the thought of you appearing yeah i was like i really within seconds when it's you know someone's saying you're about to go live on air your brain just kind of goes shit (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to screw this up. And you just handle it. And that's not something that everyone is able to do. And not everyone is in front of a, you know, in front of a camera going live on TV. So not, you're not, everyone is, has that situation for me. That's what I was able to do. Mm. Um, Looking back on it, would you utilize the same strategy or do you think that was a healthy thing long-term? Um, I think, would I do that again on live TV? Yes. Because I can't just walk outside and, like, have water, go for a walk, call someone. Um, If I was to go through that again and I was just in a workplace, no, I wouldn't. I would have other skills that I use today. Um, And some of those skills are... Um, I went to an ex, an anxiety expert once, and he told me, and I may get this wrong, um, that an uh, anxiety attack, I think, can only last around 11 minutes. The problem is, like an earthquake, there's aftershocks. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the fear of the aftershocks. Mm-hmm. But when I was telling, in the midst of them being terrible, I would say to myself, okay, 11 minutes. You can go through this for 11 minutes. It feels terrible, but you can go through it. The biggest thing that I do to help myself, whether it's in not solely with anxiety, but just for life in general, is really to focus on being an observer of my own thoughts 
which is very Buddhist. And that's, I love um, uh, Pema Chodron, who wrote uh, When Things Fall Apart, mm-hmm. which is a great book. And she really focuses on observing your own thoughts. And that's something that I try to do. So I understand what my triggers are. And then also what the motivation is behind some of these innate, some of these negative things that come up. And really, for it's not easy to observe your thoughts when you're going through an anxiety attack. And I, I wouldn't expect anyone to be able to do that. But um, I'm able to do that when I am feeling anxious, which is different. And I'm curious about, well, is it really the situation that that makes me anxious or am I just scared of the outcome? And is that, and then I have to question myself, well, is that outcome, what's the worst thing that could happen if, with this outcome? I won't be dead. I won't be homeless. I won't be sick. You know, you really have to go in and analyze the situation, Hmm. which is not easy to do because humans really would much rather just be scared. Right. That's and easier. It's usually the first thing that comes to mind where, oh, no, I'm going to lose this job and then, then yeah. I'll be homeless. Yeah. No one will love me and right. I'll be dead. Yes. Then I die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which more often than not is not going to happen. The worst thing for me is feeling the fear. That's mm-hmm. the worst thing that can happen. I think we're, I think more than anything, as opposed to a negative outcome, we're more scared of our fear. Because it's so uncomfortable. And I'm sure in your line of work, you experience that all the time with people who are scared. Mm-hmm. And and people always say to feel the fear, mm-hmm. to allow ourselves yeah. to feel the fear. Where is it in our body? Yeah. And it's sort of a moment of grace of just allowing it to sit there and observe it. Yes, observe the fear. The resistance of the fear always makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Same thing with sadness. Same thing with loneliness. All these things that we spend so much time and so much money trying to avoid, observing them is actually beneficial. Hmm. You've kind of had this broad view of Louise Hay, healing thoughts, Mm. healing our our bodies, and probably through your career and everything, have come to understand people and maybe where, you know, over the decades, I don't know, the the evolution of people, especially in this very digital technological age. Right. How do you see loneliness? Do Do you see it as... An epidemic? Do you see it as something that maybe people should talk more about? Because people don't really talk about loneliness. It's not. Yeah. It's not like oh, here's a you know pharmaceutical drug for it. Right. Yeah. They don't have a drug for loneliness yet. But I think that um, our loneliness is only increased due to social media because the fact that we spend so much time looking at our phones is a very isolating act. So, um, especially looking for likes on Instagram, we're not really out there um, communicating or networking with people. Everything's done 
via email, text message. So um, I think that people don't discuss loneliness because there's so much shame around it. It's like admitting that you have some for- a form of mental illness. And there's nothing wrong with mental illness or with loneliness. And everybody has a little bit of both. I wonder how kids these days are doing, too, because I can't imagine growing up no. with all this technology where things just continue to exist. You know, conversations still exist uh, on the web. Yeah. Yeah. I um, And to bring back that saying, compare and despair, I mean, by spending your entire life on Instagram, it's really you're compare. It's impossible to not compare yourself. And the comparison's very isolating. I'll delete Instagram from my phone for like a week. Because I the, the I just become a total addict with it. And I know when I it's the first thing that I check when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, now it's time to you need a little detox mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. I did I didn't delete Facebook, but I definitely didn't look at it for quite some time. Yeah. And you know what? Life goes on. Oh, it totally goes on. <laughs> and so much of it is just like the it's it's just the act of swiping mm-hmm. or scrolling, which is very so- it can feel very soothing. But I I notice that I am happier when I'm not on social media in access. And I know it's it's for most of us is it's impossible to ignore 100%, but the less I'm on it, the happier I am. How do you balance it then when your line of work kind of I don't. I'm requires, not good at balancing oh, it. <laughs> I'm not. Or, or even the people you work with where I'm not. like everyone has to increase their numbers in, you know, for their number of followers or, you know, how, how they're able to influence people. How do you how do you see that um, turning out? I I just see it making people unhappy. But I don't think a lot of people want to give it up, especially because that's how we have to make a name for ourselves to get more work and to meet other people. And, you know, if you meet someone in a meeting for work, you are, the first thing you're going to do is look them up on Facebook or Instagram. We love to research people now. Everybody's a librarian who cross-references <laughs> everything. Um. So, yeah, I don't know how we live without it. I'm I'm the worst person to ask. But I um I do know the less time I'm I'm around it, I'm happier, which says a lot. I guess see it as a tool. You can use it for for good things, business development, getting your message out, yes. and and just knowing our human nature and how each of us as individuals tend to behave observe ourselves mm-hmm. observe how we interact and i'm very mindful now with with a young baby you know he's already very interested in the phones because we're looking at it and plus it lights up and there of are sounds course. and everything but yeah but yeah i have to be very mindful of what yeah. i'm doing when before i didn't have this little little guy absorbing everything yeah that, that i'm doing right i know there's there's a whole new viewpoint when you have a kid and a phone which, again, is something I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just detox more often. Yes. I think that's the... Yeah, I like a good social media detox. 
Coming up, you'll hear me share an intuitive reading with Noah, and it's all about finding strength. Are you interested in getting your own intuitive reading? Are you wondering how you can align more with your purpose? I offer introductory sessions to my Discover Your Purpose readings and coaching. As part of the All Possibilities community, you get 10% off the intro session. You get a one-on-one phone call with me where I'll do an assessment of your life and give you an intuitive reading on the highest guidance for you at this time. You'll get actionable steps that you can get started on to create the life you want. Just use All Possibilities 2018 as the promo code. That's All Possibilities 2018. Visit beingmypurpose.com for more information on my services. Okay. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. Of reading. What's gonna happen? So this may be similar or different to previous experiences you've had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just share how what my process is and what I do. I connect with something called the Akashic Records. Right. And I channel. So I, I do all my readings beforehand, actually. So I already have the reading done. Really? Yes. Is that what's in your notebook? Yes, right here. I have it. Normally it's in my phone, but my my phone is acting up, so I printed it out, actually. So what I did was tune into your name and email address, which is an an identifier. That's really all it is. Everyone has its kind of unique energetic imprint. And then I asked, what is the highest guidance for you at this time? Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're going through in life, in any area, what is the one thing that I can share with you that can help you align with who you are on a soul level? And, And so I open my mind and I just let thoughts come through. So I type, I'm like a scribe, and I hear thought forms. It's all in full-on sentences and I just keep typing typing until I might hear okay it's time for an image and so I'll close my eyes and I'll see kind of like a memory or a streaming video Mm. if you will and I might feel emotions I might know things I might see details colors whatever it is and I'll go back to typing explaining you know what it is that I saw and then I also get an action step So this is something for you to reflect on, you know, journal on something where you can. um, I always think that in the present moment, when we when we take an action from this uh, grounded state of being, we can jump timelines. That's Mm -hmm. how I like to think about it. We can jump onto another timeline that may have a different outcome in the future. And so our so these action steps are really for you to, you know, reflect on and then take that action, whether it's just a subtle shift in how you think about things, or maybe it's an actual action step that you're inspired to take. Yeah. So yeah, and all of this, I have maybe three paragraphs or so, and I'll just read it to you verbatim right now. Is there anything really embarrassing in there? Um, you know what? 
it's all I don't actually know what it means until we talk about it. Oh, great. So, this is fine. <laughs> so this I is, love this. this. Is new. Um, <laughs> yes. I just channel it and I'm and I just uh, I think once we start talking about it, I'll have more of a sense of of where it might fit in, but I feel like we need like a glass of wine and some pizza while we're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know what? For my longer readings, it takes quite a long time. Sure. So yes. Okay. I mean, we, can, we can have a whole meal or good. Um yeah, and so I'll I'll read it verbatim to you. Okay. And just allow yourself to absorb it. You know, watch the imagery in your own mind's eye. Uh if you have thoughts or memories that bubble up, just keep that in mind mm-hmm. because afterwards I'll ask you how does this resonate, if at all. And what does it bring up for you? So those thoughts, memories, ideas, um, whatever it is that bubbles up for you, feelings, and we'll talk about it. See it as a jumping off point for discussion. Okay, great. Sound cool? Yes. All right. Okay, so this time I have it written, so you'll hear some paper crinkling. Okay, good. That makes it feel more authentic. (laughs) And, And you know what? I can even give it to you. So... Two more things. One is um, it refers to you in the third person. So it refers to you as Noah, he, like those types of right. pronouns. It refers to me as you because I'm the one seeing all of this. Mm-hmm. And then there are also words that are in all caps. So that means words that are capitalized. These are just more emphasized or more important. I will uh, visually kind of hold up my fingers like this to say these words are in all caps. Oh, okay. And as I'm reading it, I'll say all caps after that particular word so that everyone can understand. But I'll email this to you so you'll oh, have wow. it. It'll be yeah. very clear. Thank you. You're welcome. Ready? Yes. Awesome. All right. So for you, Noah, I asked, what is the highest guidance for him at this time? And it says, you saw a strong oak tree. The kinds that little kids love swinging from their branches. The kind where the trunk is wide and sturdy. Like the tree has withstood the test of time. It has stood there for far longer than he can remember. This is the kind of tree that gives him a sense of peace. All caps. A sense of quiet Energy, all caps, that is actually counter to the frenetic energy that he may feel and sense outside, all caps, of him, and emanating, all caps, from him. You see him swinging from a branch, both hands holding tightly, and he just hangs there sometimes like he is in a thinking, all caps, place. It is this connection, all caps, that he craves. A quiet connection that has the gentle back and forth swinging of a child deep in thought. What trips him up is when he forgets the tree exists or runs around the tree, doing everything other than, all caps, this one thing that he knows he loves. It is a solitary exercise, and yet 
he does not feel solitary at all. Mm-hmm. And so the image that I got is a continuation of this metaphor. Mm-hmm. It says, you saw him as a little boy hanging onto a sturdy branch of this tree. He sways just a little back and forth. He's focused less on the swinging and more on the feeling of his weight, all caps, hanging down, gravity, pulling him down, strengthening him, lengthening his spine, feeling taller and stronger. His grip is tight, and he is even able to move inch by inch to his left and right along the branch. It is like a form of ballet, all caps, with beautiful lines, all caps, and form, all caps, that give him an air of confidence, all caps, and groundedness, all caps. He sometimes even makes it a game to jump up to the branch to see if he can reach it. And so the action step is to reflect on where in his life he has felt this connection and this quiet, solitary exercise. It is as simple as hanging from a tree branch, but it is not simple when you look closer. It takes strength. See how he can have more of these moments and relish how he can build, all caps, himself stronger, both inside and out. Mm. So that's the end of the reading. I'd love to hear how this resonates and what it brings up for you. So thoughts, memories, ideas, feelings, Um, whatever bubbles up for you. I keep on thinking about this tree that my parents have in front of their house and they've it's the same house where I, I grew up. I never hung from that tree, but I it's right in front of the house. Um, I think what resonated with me is just I, I've always felt anxiety and stress. And I am at times not viewing a situation properly because I'm just focusing on the anxiety as opposed to what actually exists in that moment. And it's not really as bad as it feels. Um, And I put myself under a lot of pressure. So I feel like the tree is a metaphor for being less hard on yourself and finding some type of outlet in your life, which gives you peace. Have you had those moments before? Of you can imagine just this, like as a kid, the the image that I saw was just hanging, just like hanging, and just a, it's sort of being very mindful of your body as gravity just pulls you down. Oh, I would have to think. I remember being very anxious as a child. That's really when my anxiety attack started. So I would have to think about when I felt very peaceful but that being said i'm sure that it existed and i probably blocked it out Mm. or i focus more on the times of being anxious as opposed to being calm 
So when you speak about anxious, I picture when the reading talks about running around the tree mm-hmm. and doing everything yes. else except for let's just take this time. It's sort of like swaying yeah. movement, very slight movement, but very mindful of your body. Yeah, I th- I don't know what it is, but I do know it's something everyone has always told me I need to do. Run around the tree less. Hmm. Have you done it? Not enough. No. <laughs> no, not enough at all. Um. Yeah, but I have definitely, I have recently, just after the new year, I think it oftentimes people feel a certain amount of melancholy or anxiety after the holidays because it's so much and then it is over. And you're back to reality. So I've been feeling a little bit of that. Um, and I've had a little bit of anxiety. So I I do think that is perfect timing to hear that. Hmm. Yeah. The, the reading talks about this quietness, of a solitary exercise that doesn't feel solitary. It's It's interesting that we talked about being alone or being lonely Mm -hmm. and here it's saying it's solitary but it's not but you don't feel solitary because you're so connected you're connected with the tree this is all metaphorically speaking you're connected to the tree you're connected to yourself and and all the sensation of just a feeling gravity of feeling um strength in your body Mm. strength in yourself both body and mind and i think what this is saying is this is something for you to explore yeah i i mean i don't think meditation would hurt at all for me to do and that's what just keeps on coming up in my head yeah and it feels like something more a little bit more physical than that too like you can definitely try meditation but something that that takes your body into account so maybe maybe you can just hang from a tree you know, just like go, it's kind of like the jungle gym, you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. monkey bars, Yeah. but maybe a bit more natural in a beautiful setting because mm-hmm. there's something about, there is the literal and the metaphorical. Sometimes the literal will help us get there because right. then we're in a completely new situation. Let's say you've never, you know, found a branch, maybe, maybe like when you're home or something, um, try recreating the image it kind of gets you into that energy yeah and then notice your strength notice your grip notice you know what what does it feel like to sway back and forth what does it feel like to move an inch to the right an inch to the left on the branch it's all very subtle but it's this subtle energetic and physical detail that then makes you very mindful and it takes out all the other stuff that's just in your mind yeah and the more that you're able to do something like this the more your body gets used to it so it almost becomes a uh a coming back to sort of a source where the next time you're in an anxious situation you can remember oh you know what i remember i was in that playground and that's what i did that resonates with me that's yeah yeah. Like almost a way to manage anxiety is to think of that tree mm-hmm. or whatever that tree is. Yeah, exactly. that I resonate with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So see what comes out of it. Yeah. What, what do you feel inspired to do maybe this week um, with this reading? From this reading, I actually just hired a personal trainer just yesterday. And I've noticed that I try to wake up and go to the gym every morning at the same time. I try to do 6.30. And I realized I needed a little bit, bit of a push from someone. Because um, I think physical, physical activities is the greatest thing for anxiety or distraction. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah. I am going to think about that tree. Yeah. And... I think at the very end it said, relish how he can build himself stronger both inside and out. I know. I liked that. So this is perfect timing. Yeah. And the tree is like building, growing roots like a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the personal trainer, I feel like all of that, if you view it from the perspective of strengthening yourself, having that quiet inner connection, mm-hmm. that will, that will... I feel built the foundation of your source so that when, when something external to you causes anxiety, you will have such a, a strong foundation that you'll either it doesn't matter anymore, or you'll just be, you'll find it easier to cope with it and embrace it. That's really good. I like that. And I need that. Yeah. Cool. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I'll leave you with that. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Nothing short of a pleasure. And um, it was great talking with you. Same here. Same here. So I know we're coming up to the end of our time. So how can people get in touch with you or learn more about your work and your yeah, cool I mean, projects. the best way to find out about me is is just through Instagram. That's where you'll find everything. So just at uh, Levy's Digest, L-E-V-Y-S Digest. Okay. Yeah. And it's Levy, not Levy. I know in New York, everybody says Levy, but it's for me, it's Levy. Levy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, it's been a pleasure having you, you. on the show and for sharing all those, those life lessons yeah. and tips for people. It's really something that that I treasure and I really hope empowers people so much. Awesome. And for you, hmm, let's think about how you can have your own inner strengthening exercise. Maybe it's go to, go to the, you know, nearest park or playground and try it out for yourself. Maybe, maybe go on the monkey bars and see how mindful you can be of your own strength and body. I'm Julie Chan, and until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.